It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Jeff Mosher, Adam Kaplan here. Adam, we keep wondering, when's that week going to come in the offseason where there's just not a whole lot of news and you and I may have to you know, do a different kind of podcast, but it was not last week because literally the day after our podcast comes out, um, obviously we get a huge uh, jolt of information regarding the Eagles. It's not a slow news week at all. Starts off with Joe Douglas and the idea that he could become the next Jets general manager. They have since fired Mike McCagnin. And then, of course, this weekend we got news on Chris Long, who did what I think we all expected was going to happen, where he kind of announces his retirement the way anybody in 2019 announces their (laughs) retirement, through Twitter and social media. So we got a lot to talk about today because I think these are really... There's more than meets the eye, I would say, to both of these situations. So let's start it off with Joe Douglas, because to me, this is the one where people are really wondering what's going to happen, why. The biggest question we get, Adam, is why would Joe Douglas leave this wonderful situation here in Philadelphia, and it is, to go to a mess like the Jets? Well, Jeff, always remember this. Life is about opportunity. Yeah. And you and I have taken opportunities in our careers to advance, and you know, there's certain things we've wanted to do. Everyone listening has probably had an opportunity in some way or shape or form to do better for themselves. That's really why Joe Douglas will leave if the job is offered to him, I believe. Um, almost certain he would leave. Uh, it's, it's, you have to really look at it. Over the last, let me see, over the last two and a half years, nine general manager openings have come about. However, however... Four of those nine were filled internally, leaving five, mm-hmm. okay? Only three of the nine had full personnel control, okay? Those were John Dorsey in Cleveland, Dave Gettleman with the Giants, and Marty Herney with the Panthers. That's it. Everyone else is either partial or no power. Right. This is Joe Douglas has to look at it this way. 
very few openings happen with total power. He's going to have to live with Adam Gase. He knows him. They know each other from 2015. I talked to two people who work with Gase and Douglas in 15. They're very friendly. Okay. Yes. It's subjective whether you say they're close. It's totally up to those guys to determine that. Right. The fact of the matter is they're friendly. As one person closest situation explained to me with the Bears, Joe gets at him. Not mm-hmm. everyone does. Well, that's not for everybody. Right. He's right. not for everybody. But he gets him. And I believe he'll leave if he gets the opportunity. Barring a major shock, he's gonna he's gonna get interviewed. The Eagles could block him. I try to explain this on Twitter. People have asked me to explain it. Total power is this. Total power is 53-man roster, 47, and draft and free agency. That's total power. Barring a major surprise, Adam Gase is not going to go along with that. He may go along with partial power. He might want to do some of that. Mm -hmm. Like Howie Roseman and Chip Kelly, before they break up after the 14th season, they both shared power. Chip had certain parts. Howie had certain parts. After Chip left, Howie got total power since 2016, which he now holds. So if Joe wants to get some power... And money, he needs to leave, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it is. Let's um, let's break this up in this regard. I want to let's let's respond to two things that are out there. One is I'll go back to why would Joe Douglas take the job at the Jets? We we already know why Joe Douglas would take a job for power, as you're mentioning. But why would the Jets, who are as unstable as unstable can be? Well, one, they have a young quarterback, Sam Darnold, right? That's huge. Two, huge. Right. Work as you mentioned. There's only so many of these jobs that come along, and a lot of times, whether people want to admit it or not, there's a lot of, I don't want to say cronyism, but I worked with him. Go look at the way Brandon Bean went from Carolina to Sean McDermott, uh, who came from Carolina to go be his GM in in Buffalo, right? By the way, Sean has control. That's right. So even if a job opens, Joe may not, quote unquote, know the right people to get into that place. So you just never know. But the biggest thing... When people say, why would Joe Douglas leave for a bleep show like the Jets, I think it's important that you and I remind the Eagle fam what the Eagles were like in 2016 when Joe Douglas came here. They were just a few months removed from a really ugly power struggle between Chip Kelly and he Howie. Came, just want to note, he came in after the 16th right, I was going to mention, he came after the draft. Howie controlled the 2016 draft, and he drafted Carson Wentz number 2 overall. That was not a Joe Douglas pick. So Joe Douglas looked at the situation, and he knew about the power struggle. And it wasn't just the power struggle between Chip and Howie. He knew that years before that, there had been discord in the front office. At that point in 2016... People were saying that the Eagles are starting to resemble the Jets and the Browns with their dysfunction. Joe came here anyway because he saw opportunity, he saw power, and he saw a young quarterback, and he knew that he was going to have an opportunity to help make a change. So when people ask why Joe would go to the Jets, I I use that. Why would he have come to the Eagles at the time he did? It was not a good situation, and a lot of people were telling other people in the league that it's a bad job because of the instability. Well, here we are three years later, a Super Bowl, two trips to the playoffs. So Joe... Joe obviously has been through this. I think there's there's something to be said for the fact that he's worked with Howie Roseman. So to your point about working with Adam Gaze, who can be a little bit different, well, I think most people who work with Howie will tell you he can be a little bit different and difficult at times too. So Joe is ready for this move. Do you think the Daniel Jeremiah report about DJ taking a prominent position with the Jets, or at least being a candidate for it, is the Jets' way of trying to lure Joe in? Because... If most people don't know, DJ and Joe Douglas are very good friends who came up together in the Baltimore scouting chain. Yeah, I don't think it would matter 
that um, Joe would be the general manager, and then the, the question would be, then, but then he gets us to hire his people. Yes, and would it, would Andy Weidel be blocked from going over because he's he's he has a total of a director, right? So would Andy Weidel be able to go over? I would think yes. Mm-hmm. So then Daniel Jeremiah has to look at it this way: How much more money is he going to make? Be it's going to be a culture change. He lives he lives out in California. Mm-hmm. He needs to move back east, unless he's going to be like if you're a college scouting director, you don't live, you don't have to, you can live anywhere you want, and it, it doesn't matter. But if you're if you're a pro director, you're probably I believe going to move. Yes. And if you're a if you're a director of player personnel, you're definitely going to move to where the team is. Right. So it's just a matter of that, but. Joe will be able to hire who he wants to a certain degree if he gets the job. Uh, the other issue then would be who would Howie block him from hiring. And we can get into that, but to sum it up, let me just say it's I opportunity. Don't, I, I don't believe that the Eagles would stop or block Joe Douglas from going to the Jets because oh they will oh, no no way no, yeah, no way. and people were going to say why well the answer is one they've done this already they blocked him from interviewing for the Houston Texans job the year before you know why though the timing it was in it was a terrible time it was for them. during the playoffs yeah. And you you need him then. <laughs> and by the way, oh, another reason. Uh huh. Bill O'Brien has personnel control. Brian Gaines does not. That was that was a general manager job, folks. You can't see this. Entitled only. I'm, exactly. I'm putting quotes over it. Uh huh. It's it's a glorified personnel director job. Right. So. He may not. He may have more wanted the interview than the actual job right. itself. But the bottom right. line is, the Eagles blocked him. Okay. And mm-hmm. I, it didn't cause any acrimony, as far as I'm concerned. As for what I'm told, it was fine. They blocked him. If you become that franchise, though, that starts to block. A guy more than once or prohibit him from moving up then how are you going to be able to lure in talented people who want to move up in the world it's a fact of life and it's a nature of if any business that people are looking to improve their stock and get as high as they can and if you become the organization that says no 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 well good luck because eventually his contract will run out he'll leave for somewhere else when he can on his own and then good luck trying to replace him with good talent when you've already got the reputation yeah, blocking. yeah. I I think the the Eagles have a history of of and how he does of giving rec- he how he's good at recognizing people. Mm-hmm. And we'll, I know we're going to get to is another person who how he recognized who was with another team. He brought Dwayne Joseph in. He's brought he brought more or less. He didn't actually bring him in. Someone else recommended. But he brought Ed Manowitz in. And that didn't end well, unfortunately. But how he's had a, brought Tom Gamble in. Unfortunately, that didn't end well. But mm-hmm. he does recognize talented people. And bringing he brought in. Joe Douglas, and they knew, by the way, they knew when they hired him, he probably would leave to be a general manager somewhere. Of course. They, they, this was not a secret. As I've talked to people close to the situation, they knew that would happen, and that's why they made other moves. Right. So let's. we've already determined, you and I at least believe, that if he's offered the jo- he would accept the job. He wants the job. What would it take from the Jets' end to get him to say yes? Because he's not going to just take the job because it's – as you mentioned with the quotes, Jets GM, it's got to have certain advantages. He has to have power over the the the, the roster. You would say, well, it have to be shared power because with Adam Gaze. What? Why would you? Other than money and a and a title, which means nothing, because mm-hmm. you, he's he's how he's right hand man yeah. anyway. Why would you go somewhere other than it's a money grab? You would go there because you have more responsibility. You want to feel like you're really having say in what happens, right? The term that personnel people use is control. Fans use say, you right. know, final say, whatever. To me, you could you you could split it. Joe could have free agency in the draft. Gase could have forty seven fifty three in his coaches, mm-hmm. or you could give Gase free agency or Joe free agency and the other guy the draft. That way, you you have a shared power. You both are in it. You both feel like you have 
responsibilities, and you have to work together over that. You, you there's no hurt feelings. All right. When one person, Jeff, has all the power, it's if especially if they're both strong-willed people. Joe is a good guy, but he's strong-willed. Gase, as two bear sources told me, he's not for everybody. Right. He's as well, one clearly. Per- I mean, I think that's been evident the, already. The best <laughs> comparison I, I that was given to me over the last week. Uh, by a, a high-ranking personnel executive, was he's very John Gruden-ish, uh, very similar. Okay. That's got its advantages because he's smart. Right. It's got its disadvantages because he complains, or he lets you know that he doesn't like something. We know about the reports out there about he was not happy with what they were going to pay uh, the, the the linebacker Mosley and and Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell. Okay, yeah. that got out. It sh- never should have gotten out. No. By the way, that's going to be a fun first day of practice when they show up. Oh, hey, coach. Well, I hear well you, there's you know. a report that both B- Bell and Case have been talking. Yeah, but nevertheless, it's not good when that stuff gets out. So it isn't. Joe's a kind of guy who works really well with people, and I expect him. I expect him a to take the interview. I expect him to get offered the job. And I expect him to take it. That's this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not a report. It's based on everything that I know about him, mm-hmm. people close to him, and the reality right. of the business. I think both you and I can report from everybody we've spoken to that they've had their eyes on each other for quite a yes, while. This is correct. not just, oh, man, we fired our GM. Who do we go get? This has been out there for quite a while. And I can tell you this. If he doesn't take the job, so I'm not going to – there's another team that in the scouting or personnel community – there was a buzz that a job might open, whether it was th- they thought this offseason and really? very next offseason. Okay. And that is a job that I've been told that Joe would normally take a, a, a strong look at, a little bit more of a stable job in the past. Did so, the team have a quarterback? Yes, this team has a quarterback. Okay. All right. It does. Well, that, that, I think the biggest thing, folks, that you take out of this is w- for a guy to take a job, head coach or GM candidate, they want a quarterback. If you have a quarterback, that's half of it. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is just building the roster, and they've got the quarterback who a lot of people like around the league, right. Sam Darnold. Yeah. So let's get into um, what would happen if Joe Douglas were to leave, because it's not just Joe leaving. As you mentioned, he could bring his top guy, Andy Weidel, with him. And his brother. Andy Weidel's brother, <laughs> Casey. Right. And There's then, another one there. And just a bunch of guys. He's brought a bunch of scouts. When Joe got here, he was given total and complete control of the personnel and scouting department, which is something nobody had had under the Howie Roseman reign, right? So that was a big decree from Jeffrey Lurie, and it was a big... I think, reason for the success of the team the last three years. So it's not a given that anybody leaves. They basically have to decide, do I go with Joe, who can potentially get me a promotion, or there's a promotion now available for me here in Philadelphia because of other people leaving. So it's kind of becomes a 50-50. It also becomes a contract thing. But just to let people know, even if guys are under contract, the team can let you out of it to go. And they usually don't stand in the way. And the best example I can think of for a success story is Brett Veach. He was under contract with the Eagles when Andy went, got fired, and then went to Kansas City. He asked out so he could go work with Andy. He was still technically under contract for the Eagles. Howie said, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to let you out of your contract. And then he worked his way up the Kansas City chain. Now he's general manager. Right. So I think that uh, I think that what will happen is they'll promote from within. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe will want to take now. Now, Douglas and Roseman will have to meet because this is important, they're going to have to discuss. In fact, I'm sure they've done it already. This is who I want to bring. Will you let me bring them? Mm-hmm. Now, if they're the contracts should have been, they would have have expired. Like anyone whose contracts are up, if you're a scout, they're rolled over for a year. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a high ranking guy, you have you they extend your contract a couple of years. So, 
it's questionable. Look, obviously, if a guy's on a contract, they could block him from leaving. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what Douglas and Rosemary are able to work out. There'll, there'll be some... We mentioned Whitehall. There are probably some scouts talking to people around the league that Joe likes that are on the Eagles staff. Right. Who he may not have even brought in. He just sees how good they are. The Eagles, this is probably, by the way, under Roseman since 2010. This is the best college scouting group that they've had. Of dire- Now, they have way well, too many directors. I was going to say, they have yeah. so many directors, they should be they have, thorough. I can't keep track of them. They must have 10 of them. No, they have yeah. like four or five of them. Yeah. They have three directors plus an assistant director. And an assistant, too, yeah. And they've got, they're just college scouts. The regional scouts are terrific. Mm-hmm. Howie and Joe have done a phenomenal job. But the question is, they've lost Wayne Joseph, the pro director. Yep. If they lose Douglas, Andy Weidel, that's, those are significant losses. It, and it's a tough time to have a major personnel shakeup. I want to get into how they've safeguarded already, but really quick, something you mentioned I think is very important to note. Maybe we don't do it enough. You have to praise Jeffrey Lurie because when I speak to people around the league, some people look at the Eagle scouting department with a side eye and they say, why do they have four different directors? Why do so they have, do I, I've said that. And the Eagles, <laughs> yeah. and I've said it too because I do understand I don't that, understand it. Well, yeah. I do. I, I do what I don't. I understand this. Yeah. That there's two ways to look at it. Too many chefs can spoil the brew. Then you got so many opinions. And then it's hard to know, well, if you're the uh, scouting director and you're the national college scouting director, well, who says is louder? So other people have wondered if that's caused any kind of discord. But as far as I've heard, it's been a very functional scouting department with very few issues. But I think where you have to credit Jeff is there are a lot of teams that put the bare minimum into their scouting department. At least Jeffrey puts out the That's a lot of extra money than some other teams are paying to get the scouting that they need. And and to not only that, to meet the demand. Hey, Joe Douglas says, I'm in charge of this department, Jeffrey, and here are the guys I need. And Jeffrey says, you got it. That's important. Right. So the Wild brothers, Ian Cunningham, who they brought in, who's yep. one of these scouting direct, college scouting directors, he's got the wherewithal to do it, mm-hmm. and he's gonna, he's, he increased the resources. They've never had this robust of a scouting department. You're right. Jeffrey Not to deserves mention credit. An yeah, analytics sure. department that is also maybe robust. the best so, in the NFL. So right Jeffrey's now. putting yeah. a lot of money out there sure. for guys that you know Joe Schmo and Jane Schmo on the street really haven't heard of too much. So correct. Uh, so let, all right. So let's go forward. There, you mentioned it. The Eagles have obviously taken a step uh, toward replacing Joe, knowing that they're eventually going to lose him. And the guy that they brought in in February from the Browns is Andrew Berry. And they gave him a really fancy title, which is Director of Football Operations. VP, actually. Yeah, I'm sorry, Vice President. Yeah, which of is important. Because yeah. it almost seemed to put him on, in line with Joe Douglas, who's Vice President of It was very personnel. strange, because I, I, I think there were some people on their staff that were like, okay, wait a minute, he's getting a VP title? He, he, has, he just came in with this title? Right. That was, I think some people were surprised, but once they got to know him, I don't know, I've never met this guy, but I could only go to talk to about what people work with him with the Browns. Yeah. Absolutely love him. He's a young guy in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. He started under, I think, Bill Polian before Bill got fired yes, with the Colts. in Indianapolis, right. 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, he played at Harvard, played football. I think yep. his brother might have played at Princeton. Now, he has a master's degree in economics and a bachelor's in computer programming or something. Science or, or something. Or, right. Computer, right. That, or vice versa. Okay. So he's obviously Harvard and those. He's a bright guy. The other interesting thing, you said it was kind of weird that they gave him that title, is that... The Eagles actually had a guy with the same exact title already. Alec Hallaby was the vice president of football operations. He was in charge of the analytics department, and they kind of brought this guy in and gave him Alec's title. But he is well. Actually, Andrew's overseeing Alec. Right. He that now was part of why they right. brought him in. So uh, I think with Andrew, uh, actually, I could I could let our listeners know that actually the Eagles, I'm told, 
Uh, no, it hasn't been reported. I, I'm almost certain of it, mm-hmm. but we'll put it out here. Uh, the Eagles actually tried to hire him last year and were blocked last year from hiring, bringing him in. So, um, again, this is another situation where Howie did his homework and he knew around the league that Barry was an up and comer special guy. Very, it, His credentials are ridiculous how smart he might be, mm-hmm. but the thing that he has over everyone who's there, he has not just one area of expertise. He's done college scouting, pro scouting. Analytics. None of no one else there has that. Right. That's why I believe he'll replace Douglas. It is a natural successor. Yeah. The only thing I would say is that when I looked at all of his scouting, I think he's way more pro scouting than college scouting. I believe when he was in Indianapolis, he was a college assistant type scout for two years, and then he was a pro scout for several years. We can double check that. But if that's the case, it's almost like he comes with the op- the opposite resume of. Joe Douglas, who had done nothing but college scouting right. and had to learn the pro side of it. Uh, Barry, well, by the way, he was director of player personnel for the Browns for three seasons now. They had a very odd deal under Sashi Brown. Right. That was a very analytical movement. It, 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 yeah. it was Barry had that title, but they also had their analytics guy, Ken Kovash. I don't know if he's still there. What about he, the Mets guy? Is he still there? Paul DePodesta? DePodesta is still there. Yeah. Um, but they they had two guys with the, the player director of player personnel title, mm-hmm. but the guy who had the other one was just an analytics guy. I don't know why they did that, but right. remember, they were the only team basing almost everything on analytics where the Eagles do tape and analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the end, there's really no one left, I th- unless uh, it's a long shot. I don't think, if Weidel stays, I don't think he would get it over Barry, but I'm, that's their decision. Right. So they've, they, they've had this in mind. That's why they tried to bring Barry in last year, last year, as I understand it. They wanted to have someone who's done a lot and he's a young, smart guy, obviously, and uh, I think they'll be in position to do it, but if they lose Douglas, there's something about Douglas that you and I have talked about before. He knows what Ozzie Newsome looked for in players. Yes. They're he, not, he brought an identity to this yeah, team. Nothing against Andrew Barry. I don't know the guy. And people I've spoke with with the Browns really speak highly of him, mm-hmm. but there's something about Douglas that he looked for in players that they're probably not going to get from anyone who worked for them. Maybe Ian Cunningham right. or White will have some of that because they work for the the Ravens. But Joe, because he was with the Ravens for, I don't know, 13, 14 years, that's something that they're going to miss. Yeah. I think if you look at the Eagles' success for the last few years, and what really stands out is they've had a tremendous amount of success with free agency, something that they haven't had a lot of success with prior to Joe Douglas's arrival. A lot more misses or equal number of misses and hits. But if you look at the free agents, that they, they all kind of fit a mold. Whether you're talking about LeGarrette Blunt or Chris Long or Patrick Robinson, some of these guys who you didn't have bigger expectations for, they all had some kind of adversity or they all battled through injury. Very hard-nosed, selfless players. They all understood their roles. They bought in. Everybody thought LeGarrette Blunt would have a big problem when Jay Ajayi got here. He was like Jay Ajayi's biggest cheerleader, right? He came in here. He performed his role. He didn't look like it at first, though. He gets very at overweight. At first, no, but yeah. he, hey, whatever, he bought it. It worked, though. He bought in it. And, of worked. course, yes. Doug has a lot to do with that, how yeah. the whole culture. But if you look at all of their free agents, a like Corey Graham off the street in 2017 was big. They've had a lot of success bringing in not just good players, but players who fit and helped forge a new identity. This is a, this is a team that, when you talk about the Eagles last few years, you can talk about talent, you can talk about quarterback, you can talk about anything. The one thing that's been constant is they've been injured all up and down the roster, and they've had guys step in, take on roles that they weren't prepared or anticipating, and flourish because of it. Whether it's Foles, whether it's Vitae, whether it's Corey Grant, anybody. They've, they've risen to the occasion. And the reason why it happens, this is why the Eagles personnel department and coaching staff meshes so well. When they meet, 
This is what typically happens. You go, okay, if we draft this player or sign him, how are you going to use him? You just mentioned it. The versatility in roles. That's only because they match. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff and the personnel staff, they discuss, okay, if we when you bring this in guy in, we're going to do this. Corey Clement, the best example. 20, uh, 2017 college free agent. Who knew he could catch the ball like this? If he, he, Corey told us in our interview with him, I didn't know he could catch it like that. He was pressing a service and... Guess what? They're not winning the Super Bowl without this guy. The guy wasn't even drafted. Right. So their ability to scout, I think Douglas has a lot to do with it in terms of right. what to look for. I, I don't know how you well... Just, you just nailed it. Yeah. I, honestly. And that I'm not, to me is the yeah. thing. I'm not trying to knock Andrew Barry. It's simply yeah. that we don't have enough information. And if he were to take over, I have no doubt about his ability to put together something smart. He's clearly smart uh, to be able to scout. It's about understanding the identity of this city, this town, this franchise, and being able... And one thing Joe had was the power to hire the personnel department and bring in his own people. Will Andrew Barry have that power? Has he been in this game long enough? It's a good and point. And worked his way to really say, I, this is now my scouting department. That's huge That's me. That might be a lot for him at, at, at this stage. I think stage. it's a little too much. Yeah, I, 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 but, but again, you and I are not working with this guy day to day. We don't mm-hmm. know what... We don't know what his expertise is in terms of... We know he's touched a lot, but we don't know... If he's ready for this, but right. to me, it's the only logical move. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think. In the, talking to a couple people about this, the, the the thought process was he would replace Douglas mm-hmm. potentially, and it's going to be. Believe me, it's going to be. That's going to be part of it. Yeah. But what I don't know is if if they're going to move Barry up. Are they going to bring someone else in to help him? Does he want to bring someone else in, as you were alluding yeah, to? Yeah, my guess would be, and we'll move on to Chris Long now, my guess would be that Howie is going to have to take over a little bit more and use his connections from the past to help rebuild the department if Andrew Barry is the leader. But we'll see. We don't know. But uh, that would be make sense because Howie's been in this game for quite a while and has so many connections around the league. Um, let's move to Chris Long, someone we talked about, one of those free agent signings who nobody expected much of in 2016 when he got here and has done nothing but help this team and emerge as – a leader, a productive player, uh, an activist on a team full of guys who are community-oriented, and now he is saying goodbye. Adam, the biggest problem people have in understanding this, and hopefully we can help them, is they're wondering, A, two things. Why his role is changed when he has been productive in it, and B, how are they going to now go about replacing him? Let's start with the first one, why his role has changed, because I think when you answer that question... Then you start to realize the other question, the the answer. The dynamics of the Eagles' pass rush has changed. I don't think people understand that as much. The snaps aren't there, not because the Eagles are, be, not because he's so old that the Eagles are just trying to take it away, but because where does he fit in their plans? Yeah. So the so here's what happened. You and I have talked about this before, but we could now that we I feel like we're the only ones bringing it up sometimes. Right. So <laughs> so now we could finalize. I have additional information here. So the Eagles. Though they love the sub-package role when the DN goes inside, they go with the three DN package. Right. Ideally, they'd like to have a traditional four-man front with two D-tackles, two DNs. Malik Jackson is very, very rare at the D-tackle position. He's not as good a pass rush as Cox. No one really is, mm-hmm. other than Aaron Donald. But Malik Jackson, up to last year, was one of the better D-tackles in the league. Yeah. Something happened. I know he talked about it. He sucked against the run. That can't just be it. It's got to be more than that, but he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove to to people that he's back, and he's still young enough at 29. He's got enough. He's healthy. There's nothing wrong with him. They'd like to go with that. They're very deep at D-tackle now. They weren't to start free agency, but with Cox, Jackson, Jernigan is back. Yep. 
Uh, and they traded for Asan Ridgeway. Asan Ridgeway. They've got Trayvon Hester. Trayvon Hester play well. So, so there's Hector. It's crazy yeah. how things have changed since the free agency started. A couple started. RFAs who yeah. look nice. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're in real good shape. Mm-hmm. Where they're not in good shape now that Long is retired, they're actually, I think, I don't, let me explain, let me explain nothing. I'm glad we brought this up. Mm-hmm. Depth is not numbers, folks. It has nothing to do with it. Depth is talent. How many mm-hmm. guys do you have that you could fill, you put in there that you have no issues with, that you right. know are going to go into play? They've got three guys they can count on. Barnett, well, actually, let me clarify that. Barnett coming back from rotator cuff surgery. No one has any idea. People are talking about this is his breakout year. How the hell do you know he's coming off a rotator cuff injury? I, it's nonsense, some of the stuff that's out there in talk radio. No one has any idea, okay? Yeah. He's rehabbing a serious injury. He's a young player. You don't know. Graham at 31 years old, 32 years old. Okay, solid football player, leader. Vinnie Curry will have a chance to rush the passer. Now that Long's back, they need him, Jeff. They mm-hmm. need him to rush the passer. That's it right now. That's the only guys they could they could count on right now at the R- defensive right. position. But here's what I talk about, the change in dynamic, right? And you, you said it. Malik Jackson, in the past, right, you would see a pass rush package of three defensive ends and one defensive tackle because Fletcher Cox would stay on the field and either Haloti Nada or Tim Jernigan or whoever, if they were hurt, whoever's playing DT, Trayvon Hester, comes off the field, Brandon Graham moves or Michael Bennett moves from the outside in and that brings in Chris Long. And because of that, Chris Long was able to play a significant number of snaps as an extra outside rusher. But you look at the package this year, you're going to have, assuming Derek Barnett is healthy on one end. Well, that was the big one. Yeah. You, you're going to have Barnett Derek, was not healthy last right. year. Right. Barnett on one end, and then you're going to have Brandon Graham on another, and you're not taking Malik Jackson off the field this time. So you're having Jackson and Cox inside for your four-man rush. There is no room for the extra defensive okay, end to come I, I, in I, unless it's I a rotation. I would disagree slightly. Okay. With what? No, just let me, let, me, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me speak. Here's what I think. I don't think we'll see how it works out. I don't expect Malik Jackson to play 90% of defensive snaps this season. It would surprise I agree. me. Okay? I agree. Now, if that happens, they could go with a 3DM package. But it's not going to be anywhere close to what they did last year. My projection, just because I, I'm not trusting Barnett to be what he was before the injury this year, mm-hmm. he may be close, but no one has any idea. Correct. And they are extremely light at DN. There's room where there's Josh Sweat, whether it's Shreve Miller, which I doubt, but... Or Deshaun Hall, we should mention, they really like. Mm-hmm. Let's Joe Osman. Let, let's cool down on Joe Osman. <laughs> yeah, we got to see it before. So it was a good story. If you ever seen this guy, he's built like a spark plug. Mm-hmm. He looks, he's bow-legged. He's a try-hard guy. Do you remember Jason Short? Jason Short. Back Jason in the uh, 2000s, he used to brawl with uh, John Runyon all the time in training court. He was this Vague, little okay. DN who okay. had speed off the edge. I have and to look him up now. Runyon couldn't stand it because he was, you know, he was like, <laughs> he was Trent Cole before Trent Cole came okay. here. A guy who just Jason wouldn't Short. stop and always gave a second wow. effort. He was never going to make the team because he wasn't talented enough. Joe, Joe Osman actually has a chance to make the team, but he would. Yeah, he, Jason Short. Runyon would want to yeah, kick wow. his ass every practice because he was that little. That, that's the. He was Osman a linebacker. Guy. Okay. He was that's right. Sorry, he's a linebacker, but How he would put some this guy. Because he never made the team. Good call by but you. But I remember yeah. watching okay. Brad, Runyon would want right. to beat his ass every practice okay. for just being that gnat. His little gnat, yeah. That's what Joe Osman, he's, well Joe's got some talent to him and they put some weight on him and they feel like he can play, but it's the more the, like the more, he don't stop. You know, he's just going to keep going and going and going at you. Yeah, he's an undrafted free agent last year. He's, he's a good story, but someone's going to have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But to sum up the Chris Long situation, he was probably, like Long talked to Peter King, he's like, oh, I was only going to get 18 snaps a game. I think it would have been more than that. But it 18 w- snaps or 18%? Uh, I think he felt, because last year he got 59% of the snaps, which is Correct. way more than I expected. But that was high because of the injuries. Because Derek Barnett got hurt. Right. But he's such a good pass rusher. 
But I think the reality is they probably would have gotten him on the field more than he thought. Mm-hmm. But he wanted something definitive. They weren't going to give that to him. Mm-hmm. And they were the good thing is the communication was great. No one left with hard feelings. Right. I'm sure he's disappointed. But doesn't that open up the door for him to actually return if there is an injury? Because the Eagles would love to have him. Of course. And they're not cut. I don't think they were going to cut his pay. They were no, they're they in such just, good cap space. Yeah. When they get the one steal done, it's going to get done, by the way. I think right. before training camp. That's another story for another time. It they want to get it done. I think it'll get done. They're still going to have good cap space. They're, they have so much cap space, folks. Uh, they're fine. They don't they're have over to restructure. Yeah. They're, they're over $20 million, so they're in good shape. But there's a wonderful opportunity here when we talk about defensive end mm-hmm. for somebody to step up here. And Howie was talking about it. One of these young guys. Because right now, we mentioned Andre Branch. Andre right. Branch, as I understand, is looking for a better role than to be a team's fourth end. Th- thank you. Thank you. That's what yeah. people are wondering, yeah. who the Eagles can go out and get to replace Chris there's Long. There's nothing left. And if Chris yeah. Long doesn't want to, uh, as a veteran, doesn't want to play because he's only going to get 17 to 20 snaps a game, why would Andre Branch or any free agent who's out there now or trading for Jerry Hughes, people of the world, why would they want to come here and only play 17 to 20 snaps per game? They, they would probably, they're probably all looking for the same thing that everybody else is looking for. Who gets hurt in training camp? Where can I go? And make a little bit more money and have a bigger impact. And right now, the, I, I find it hypocritical for someone to criticize the Eagles for being too old and then criticize them for trying to see what they have at defensive end in these young guys, whether it's Sharif Miller, whether it's Josh Sweat, whether it's Joe Osman. You know what I'm saying? They can mm-hmm. always You can always find a veteran. You can make a deal at the trade deadline, as they did when they brought in Jay Ajayi. But you got to find out what you have in these kids, too. That's what You can't say they're too old and then knock them when see, they try see, to get let, some young Let me just add one thing, though, okay? What they want to do, and this is very rare in the the, uh, the NFL business, they would like to, Jeff, mm-hmm. while they reshape the roster, they still want to try to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like what the Patriots do every year. Sim- similar mindset. Draft well, do great in free agency, and start building your roster younger mm-hmm. with bringing some veterans in. Right. This is not the way they did it many, many years ago, but Howie is not giving up the, the ability uh, to try to win every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It's a it's a tough deal because they really want Long back mm-hmm. because it's it's a like what Long told Peter King he Long said look the big thing he would have done for them they wanted him to to mentor younger players that was not the, his issue his issue was the amount of snaps he's going to get right. which would have been cut down significantly mm-hmm. there's an opportunity here for one of these young kids or to sign a veteran free agent but again there's just when I look at my file we talked about this last week and a couple guys have signed. I mean, it's bad. Andre Branch is a really good backup defensive tackle who's got length. Wilkerson doesn't fit. We talked nope. about this before. Wilkerson's, Wilkerson's a 34 DN. Right. Bailey's a 34 DN. Michael Johnson's super old. He's got length. He's probably in his mid 30s. Right. William Hayes is coming back from a torn ACL. Derek, Derek These Shelley's guys are a all the, They yeah. all kind of fit the same category. What? How much are they going to give you? you that's know, why like, they want to. Right. That's <laughs> why they want to take a look at these kids. Right. And I and I don't blame them for that. Especially I can't kill them for for saying they're old and then giving a shot to a bunch of young kids that they drafted. All right. Let's move on to our Ask the Insider segment. We have some really interesting questions. Um, the first one, Adam, came from uh, via Twitter. David A. Vaconi at Dave O five O five. And by the way, if you ever want to ask us a question, use the hashtag. Ask ITB. You can reach Adam at Kaplan NFL, me at Jeff Mosher NFL, or just tweet at Inside the Bird. Inside at Inside Birds is our Twitter account. So David asks uh, first. He says, "Thanks for providing a Norwegian Eagles fan with great content." Man, we are really expanding overseas. We had last last week. We had someone. I forget what country he was. Gia Guilherme. That was an incredible. Yeah, he was. That Portugal? was great. Yeah, I, I forget yeah, where it was. He actually. Yeah, and it's interesting. 
Yeah, I love Italy. that we're international. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> anyway, he asks, I know this isn't a thing, but hypothetically, how much compensation would you need to trade Howie to a different team? <laughs> I, I, and I don't think he's asking this like he hates Howie. I think he's just curious about, has a GM ever been traded? I can't remember if a GM. I know coaches have been yeah, traded. Yeah, Gruden. John Gruden got traded. But I, I don't know. That's, I, 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 yeah, I saw the question. It's kind of it's kind of fascinating. It is. Well, yeah, the way you would evaluate it, his worth is be the kind. If they never won a Super Bowl, they would get far less. Uh-huh. He's won a Super Bowl. He has a lot of power. I mean, it would probably take anyone who's been successful as he's been lately mm-hmm. coming back in 16. Mm-hmm. I would think at least a first round pick, but that's just me because that's something we've ever thought about and will never happen anyway. I but. think the question's great because it made me envision a scenario where Jeffrey Lurie has secretly created the NFL's first ever GM trade chart. And used it to trade how you know because how he uses these charts like anybody else. He's a relentless chart maker and value um, assigner. And wouldn't it be hysterical if his boss kind of gave him a taste of his own medicine and traded him and said, "Howie, look at the chart. They gave me way much more than it said you were valued." I think that would be pretty funny. But obviously, it would start with a lot of picks. Yeah, first round picks. You would think at least one. Um, next question comes from DJZ seven 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 at DZ seven 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 seven. Any word if the Eagles are bringing back any of the free agents that are out there, specifically Mike Wallace, Darren Sproles, etc.? I, I don't Wallace. I don't think that they need anymore. But I think the Sproles thing is interesting because they really don't currently have. Think about how important Sproles was in December last year. He had like four touchdowns, didn't he? He had a bunch of big plays against the Rams and the Texans. Uh, a couple of touchdowns. They don't have a guy who catches the ball and gets upfield. The way Darren Spo- a, a, a Swiss Army knife. They have Jordan Howard, who's not that. They have Miles Sanders, who they have really no idea what he can do from catching the ball. They hope he can, but he didn't do it at Penn State. They've got Corey Clement, who obviously did it really well in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't his calling card, and he doesn't really line up in the slot. And then they have Josh Adams, who's not catching anything. So this is an element of their offense that they're kind of haven't really hit yet. Yeah, it's like depth is not the issue. The issue is roles, and plus he could punt return. They've left it open. He hasn't decided whether he's going to play again or not. He, he said he would make a decision after the draft. It, it'll be sometime within the next three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. They've left the door open because you're right. He, he offers something they don't have. Right. No, so it's, it's pretty interesting. So I think that the, I wouldn't say the door is totally slammed on Darren. It just kind of depends on what they figure out about their running back core here in OTAs and then training camp. Well, yeah, but see, you've got Howard, Sanders, and Clement who are on the roster. I've got uh, Wendell Small right. could kick return. He could be their fourth back. Adams. Forgot about Wendell, yeah. Adams almost certainly will not. St- he's rehabbing a significant injury and surgery. Could you see a situation where the top three guys that you just mentioned make yeah. it, Jordan Howard, Clement, and mm-hmm. Miles Sanders make it, but that Josh Adams and Wendell don't and they bring well, back Right, because what you can do is you could, you're going to, he's going to be in reserve, he'll be on reserve, he'll be on active PUP to start training camp. Right. Reserve PUP to start the season potentially. That way you don't have, he, you don't t- he doesn't take up a roster spot. Mm-hmm. If you bring back Sproles and Wendell Smallwood won't dress every week, mm-hmm. obviously Smallwood um, wouldn't be needed. And then Pumphrey won't make it, and Boston Scott won't make it, and there's your running back group. There you go. Um, we're going to finish it with one last question. It's a little bit of a future look, Adam. It's from Jeff Schram, at Jeff underscore Schram. Will the team address the $22.8 million cap hit for Fletcher Cox in 2020? Tear up the contract and redo with more guaranteed money? That's always a possibility. The problem is, here's the problem. So I've looked at the contract. <laughs> because they restructured it, there's very little they can do. Like you, you could you could restructure, mm-hmm. and you could convert base salaries. The problem is you jack up the future cap numbers. This is crazy. If you look at his cap numbers, 
Like, here's the thing, though. This year doesn't matter because they're in such good cap space. They don't need to de- deal with this until next year if they deal with it at all. Right now, he's signed through 2022. Mm-hmm. His cap number this year is at a really good number, $11.9 million. That's great. Yeah. Okay, here's the problem. Because of his infrastructure, it doubles. I know. $22.847 million. You could take his base salary and lower it by converting it to a signing bonus. The problem is you might be able to get it down to like $17 million. But you're jacking up future cap numbers. Here's Correct. the problem. And he's getting older and older. Yeah, and then his 20, cap number gets 2021. 22.447 million. What, what about what, this what idea? And yeah. I think it's, it's, it's your some, cap numbers, by the way. It's sometimes forgotten. Yeah. The Eagles have over $20 million in cap space right now. I would say even if they did sign Carson Wentz to an extension, they're still going to have a de- they're still going to have cap space. Oh, so yeah. That rolls over. So you can afford to pay a couple of guys, not everybody, who have high cap charges. If they're part of your nucleus. If you can also, you can kind of mitigate against it by rolling over some of that money from this year to next year yes, that correct. enhances your cap space. Well, you so can you're roll over with a bigger, bigger pot. Right. You can, you, you know, you use it or lose it. it you, right. You can roll it over if you want. There you go. In fact, T, I think it's only happened once or twice where a team didn't roll it over. Yeah. Uh, they've got over, actually, after signing all their rookies, they still have over $21 million according to NFLPA records. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're in great shape here to do whatever they want. And, they, they've restructured so many deals as you and I were laughing months ago. Like, who's left? Mm-hmm. Somehow they'll find someone, but right. they don't need to do it until next year. All right, that's going to do it for Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel for Adam Kaplan. I'm Jeff Mosher. Of course, we want to thank you for flying with us Inside the Birds. <laughs>